Welcome to the Tin Biscuit Podcast. We've got a new guest, which is... It's Molly Shepherd. Thanks for coming on, Molly Shepherd. So, you're a trans, and you're here to explain what it's all about from from the beginning to the sort of now. To where I am now. To yeah. where you are now. So, when did you decide... And, I mean, I did ask this before to another trans lady I had on. When did you decide to become trans? And she said to me, you don't become... Or don't decide to become trans. No, well, nah. it's 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 you always sort of know in your head where uh, uh, that you are something different and there's something not quite right. Um, but I decided to come out as trans uh, just after my thirtieth birthday. Right. So I'd known I was different, and I knew there was something different about me from being about five, six years old. Um, I knew I preferred feminine clothes feminine toys being around girls um ever since being really really young but uh, to actually come out as trans and admit to myself and everyone else it was when i was about 30 so yeah i was quite a late bloomer really so right so how old are you now i'm 34 34 so it was four years ago yeah and why did it take so long for you to sort of come out for from then and to become trans I don't know. I think it was having to admit it to myself, um, to come to terms with it. And I think in my own head, I was waiting for a time when it would become a bit more acceptable in society. Um, cause up until that point I'd had to live as a gay man. Um, and I wanted to be sure that I would be accepted basically. So you was, I was a bit scared to come out because I thought, well, are people going to accept me? Am I going to be bullied? Am I going to be beaten up? Is it going to affect me in any way? Is it going to affect my job? Is it going to affect my family? And I wanted to get to an age where, A, I understood what was happening with my life and my body, and B, I could make the decision to come out and know that society would accept me. So was you gay before... No, I was a gay man. when I yeah. asked the questions, yeah. but as a I was, I was a gay a man. Yeah, I was a yeah. gay man before... Um, I'd been in a relationship for 11 years and quite happy. And then we'd had a bit, I'd had a traumatic experience and had to go through therapy and counselling. And then during the therapy and counselling, this is when it all sort of came to light that I didn't just have issues with my sexuality, um, but also my gender. Right, so how did your friends react and how did your family react when you turned around and said I was going to be trans? Everyone was very supportive. my mother said she'd been waiting for a long time for me to admit it and come out. Um, I only really lost one friend through it who she couldn't accept it. Um, we stayed in touch, but we grew distant from each other. And then sadly she passed away. Um, but she never really accepted it. So all in all, everyone was really, really supportive. Um, everyone sort of knew that it would happen one day before I did. Yeah. Um, so it was, yeah, I, I never experienced any negativity. I couldn't have done it. Um, I think it would have been very different if my father had still been alive. It would have been a different story yeah. with him because he was very much anti-trans, anti-gay, anti-everything <laughs> that wasn't vanilla and straightforward. So um, if he'd have been alive, it would have been very different. But because he wasn't, it was it was a lot easier to come, come out and everyone was wonderful. So what age did you come out being gay um i think i was still at school maybe about 
12, 13. I was still at sort of grammar school, 12, 13 That's years old. That's quite young, isn't it, to come out as... Yeah, and yeah, I got billed about it at school, but it made you stronger. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger yeah. sort of thing. It made, it made me into a stronger person, I think. It, it wasn't horrendous. I mean, I got bullied at school, but who doesn't? I mean, everyone gets bullied at school at some point. Yeah. Even the most popular person gets bullied at some point. But I got bullied at school, but people soon forgot, and I could get on with things. I don't think bullying, in a sort of paradoxical way, serves a purpose. No. Because it sort of builds you up to be a bit stronger, but that's a different issue for yeah. a different day. I think in in some respects though when yeah. you when you're bullied at school sometimes you're being bullied sometimes you are the bully it's it's one of them situations it's it's all part and but parcel of growing up. Have got something yeah. So. Some. so when you come out trans what's the because I it's like quite big in the well it's not big in the news it's quite controversial it's like the minute there's a lot of it yeah, about the news. Where do you start when like you come out trans what's the first sort of well, the first thing is to be able to identify within yourself that that's what you have and that's what you want. Mm -hmm. There's plenty of resources out there. There's plenty of people you can talk to, but ultimately you have to be able to accept it in your own mind that that's what you want to be. Um, and then once you've decided that's what you want to do, um, I mean, personally, I, I knew a lot about it beforehand anyway, obviously, because I'd, I'd been through training as a nurse, had um worked with gay groups before and lgbt in the community so I, I did know quite a bit about transgender issues and how to go about sourcing information um but for someone who's not sort of really widely worldly known about it then you would have to find information about it mm. and there's plenty i mean mermaid charity for younger children who are trans is fantastic they they are really good and work with parents of children who want to become trans so information is the first step you you need to gather your information um and be really determined that it is what you want to do yeah because uh, depending on how far you go down the process it becomes irreversible um and then in my case i was having therapy for bereavement at the time um i had quite a traumatic time um with losing a family member who I'd nursed through cancer and I spoke to my counsellor about the being transgendered and they pointed me in the right direction. So I went to see my doctor. Um, so that's the next step after you've, excuse me, <laughs> burping here, I've got a bit of, I've just had a glass of Coke before you came. Um, so your information, you need to be dead set that it's what you want to do. Then you go see your doctor. Um, now, my doctor was fantastic. He um, didn't really know anything about transgendered issues. Um, so it was a learning curve for him as well as me. Um, and he basically said, right, well, I want you to go away for a couple of weeks. Give me a chance to look into all this. I'll see what I can find out. Come back in two weeks and we'll talk about it. And fair play to him, he did. He literally went through everything on the NHS um, guidelines, the uh, CQC guidelines. He went, he contacted multiple agencies uh, and got as much information as he can. And then we sat down and we had a really good discussion about it. And he said, if this is what you really want to do, I will support you through it, I'll refer you. Um, and then he referred me on to Leeds, which is our nearest gender identity clinic. All right, yeah. Um, and they are the ones who start you off on the process, but the waiting <laughs> list for them can be up to two years. 
Um, so I was waiting two years to see them. Uh, but in the meantime, you can get um, what's called a bridging prescription. Uh, so the doctor will give you hormones. Right. Um, they're not pleasant. <laughs> it's, no. it's not a pleasant thing to go is it, through. Is it a tablet or is it an injection? Um, the first ones that I took were tablets. Uh, there's there's one tablet called Cyproterone, which is... Um, it doesn't stop you producing testosterone, but it stops your body being able to absorb it. So it sort of reduces the level of testosterone in your body. Um which is great because then you start experiencing menopause symptoms. So you have like hot flushes, you feel sick. Mm -hmm. um, it's great. It makes you feel lousy. Um, and then they give you estrogen, which is the female hormone. And that's also in a tablet. And that then you've got puberty coming up behind your menopause. Right. So you've got menopause coming one way, puberty coming the other way. Mm -hmm. And it drives you absolutely crazy. Uh, it takes two years, in actual fact, for the full change to happen through just tablets alone. Um, they say that all changes to your body will happen within two years through right. hormone therapy. Um, so things like some bones will change shape. Um, your voice never changes. That's one thing that never does change. Does it no, to change your voice you would need surgery. Do you still keep um, the strength? No. So do you, like, do you keep any strength whatsoever? No, from? physical strength is so greatly reduced. It's unbelievable. Muscle tone, muscle strength. Um, your bones are brittle. Right. Um, your joints ache. Uh, your hair changes. Your whole body changes completely. And it is, it's quite a drastic change. It's quite dramatic. At times, it's really quite painful. Um, it's hard. It's very hard. It's very difficult. If anyone says it's easy, it's it's not. So how long have you been on the... Four years. That's on the hormones. I've been on the hormones for four years. Um, I had to change after a year because I had a blood clot, which was caused by the tablets. Yeah. Um, so I had a blood clot in my leg, which then moved to my... travel to my lungs. Um, so they had to change me onto an injection, which is a much more effective way of it actually stops testosterone it's a prostate injection ordinarily it's used to treat prostate cancer because um, it shrinks prostate and mm. it reduces the amount of testosterone produced that's my belly making a noise then <laughs> <laughs> so before the before the hormones um is there any sort of psychological aspect of it you've got to go through to make sure in not a disrespectful way you like sounder mind and, no, that all comes... like sort of not just the whim. So. No, basically, at the beginning, you've got to know it's what you want. Um, and your doctor can usually tell if it's something you want genuinely. Um, they don't just dish out prescriptions to anyone. I mean, if they don't think you're ready for hormones, they won't prescribe them. Um, but my doctor knew it was something I desperately wanted. Um, and he knew he could help me, so he prescribed them. If your doctor's not willing to prescribe, um, I mean, by rights, they, they should prescribe hormones for you and get you on the track before you see the gender identity clinic. But it's not always the case. Um, some doctors refuse, for whatever reason, to prescribe hormones. Mm -hmm. And the gender identity clinic will start you off. But in that time, you've got however long it takes for you to see the gender identity clinic to decide whether it's something you really want to do before you start your hormone treatment. Right, so 
that's at Leeds. Yeah, yeah. Or wherever. There's one at Charing Cross. There's one in, I think, Sheffield. There's, there's like, regional centres. Mm-hmm. Uh, our nearest one just happens to be in Leeds. Um, so, no, you don't just automatically jump onto hormones. It's it's whether your doctor thinks yeah. you can you benefit from them. Um, but you do feel a lot better for them. Once you get on them, you do start to feel a lot better. And then what about the the surgery aspects of it is like the well surgery the surgery aspect's still a long 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 way away from there because once you've got your initial appointment for leeds gender clinic you go for an assessment um you then have to go see a psychologist who has to give you a clinical diagnosis to mm-hmm. say you've got gender dysphoria um you then have to meet with the surgeons and get clinical opinions you then have to get two statements stating that they think you're fit for surgery and that's what you want you basically have to jump through hoops and it can take years um and then you have to have i mean in order i can go for surgery if i lose enough weight now i'm ready for surgery um but i need to get down to a bmi of something ridiculous like i think it's 28 I don't even think I was born at a BMI of 28. I've always been a big person and I'm currently arguing with them at the moment that if I don't get down to a BMI of 28, they're not going to do the surgery for me. And I'm arguing with them at the moment saying, well, I've never been a BMI of 28 and I think I'd have to lose about 13 stone. And is that a standard? Yeah, they're saying that it's the surgeons. That's what the surgeons request, but... Oh, so it's surgeons, it's like not standard yeah. across the board. It then. is, it's... apparently, and it's also the surgeons won't operate on you unless you get down to a BMI of 28, which I think I'd have to be about 10 stone. I, we've worked it out, I would have to be about 10 mm-hmm. stone to get the surgery. And I don't think I've been 10 stone since I was 10 years old. Uh, that's how... I, I think I would die if I was 10 stone. I mean, you can see the size of me now. Yeah. I mean, if I was to lose... 13 stone i think i would probably die it's just not physically possible and i've had surgery before at nearly 30 stone when i was at my biggest right and no complications and come out of it perfectly fine so are you doing anything to try and apart from obviously fighting it are you um i'm trying to lose weight which i'm really struggling with i've always struggled with my weight so my doctor is trying to get me onto a bariatric program to have a bypass or a gastric balloon or a gastric sleeve um to help me reduce the weight and then obviously yeah. towards because the well they've realized it's more psychologically damaging to keep me in this body that i don't belong in long term um, if they don't do the surgery, then it's it's basically torture living yeah. in a body that I don't belong in. Right. So once I mean, is there any way you can pay for it privately, or no, is it still the same? It's still the same. Still the same. We've inquired to go to India. I've inquired to go to Thailand. Bring that up. And they all say the same. You have to have a certain BMI. Does it differ from country to country? Yeah, but not too dramatically. Um, it sort of varies between 30 and 20 28 and 30 is around about the norm so so like 28 yeah they are quite strict about it but it's just it's so difficult to get the surgery it really is difficult but then again a lot of trans people do actually once they get the hormones they feel a lot better and don't actually go for the surgery there are actually a lot of trans people out there who who don't 
want the surgery once they've got the hormones because they yeah. feel better in themselves and they feel comfortable with themselves then because then their home their sort of their hormones and their mental state is in aligned with their how they're feeling and their gender and they don't actually need to, they decide they don't need the surgery yeah so how do you because you said before before i think it was before we started the podcast that you um or did you say when you was on the path i forget but how do you cope with people that aren't very nice about it towards you i haven't really how, how do you i mean i've and have you come across any likes of negativity no i haven't had any personally i haven't had any negativity through being trans at all none that i'm aware of I mean, if people have spoken behind my back or people have called me names when I've not been around, then that's... I've al- I was always brought up, what people say about you behind your back is none of your business. That's what I was always told. Um, and that's what I live by. So unless someone said something behind my back, I don't know anything about it. But nobody's been negative to me. I've never been ejected from a toilet. I've never been spat at in the street. I've never had glass thrown at me or... I've never been tarred and feathered or anything <laughs> like that. And I know it sounds dramatic, but these things happen apparently somewhere in the world to people all the time. Yeah. Um, but no, I've never, ever, ever had any sort of negative issues with regards to being trans. And it's it's quite bizarre, actually, to actually go through this and not have any negativity. I had more negativity being a gay man. I had more violence and aggression towards yeah. me as a gay man than I did now as a trans woman. So, like, obviously, if you went for to try clothes on or to the toilet, you'd go to the women's toilet, you'd go to the yeah. women's changing rooms, yeah. and then, like, no one's questioned. No, never. No. And the whole thing about going to a women's toilet, a genuine trans person is not interested in other women in that in attacking other women and children and things like that this is what really did annoy me about when it came out in america being trans is is nothing to do with who you want to have sex with and that's one of the biggest misconceptions is they automatically assume that if you're a man who becomes a woman you're only doing it to rape other women and female children and it's it's not it's nothing to do with who you want to have sex with or your sexual preferences it's your gender it's completely different subject um i go to the toilet to use the toilet and whether Mm. that's a woman's toilet an alleyway a men's toilet a a canal i'll pee wherever i need to pee basically Mm -hmm. um it's physically we can't be the people that they think we can be our strength is so greatly reduced. We cannot be the the, the person they think that we're, we're not attackers. I can't get sexually aroused in a way to attack a person anymore. No. The tablets we take, in effect, are the same tablets they give paedophiles in prison to chemically castrate them. Right. We are not capable of raping anyone as trans people. We cannot penetrate anyone. We cannot rape anyone. We cannot get erect or aroused. So this whole notion of we're going into women's toilets to attack women is completely false. It's disgusting to think that that's all that's going through their mind. Mm. As a man, you're more at risk than a woman is from me. Yeah. Because I like men. 
So you're more at risk than a woman is. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> because I was going to come to that. You are in a relationship, aren't you? I am, yes. Yeah, but he's, unfortunately he was going to come on the podcast. He but... was, but he's uh, at work in Derby. He should be at home any time at some point. But he's the most wonderful man in the world. And if he does get home, then we can re-record this. <laughs> so, um, did he get any negativity when he... I no. mean, I mean, he's... He's a heterosexual man. Right, so... He was in a relationship at the time with his partner, uh, a, fe- a biological female. They had three kids together. Mm-hmm. They'd been in a relationship for 32 years. Um, the last six years, they'd been very unhappily in a relationship together. Um, we met on a dating site. Uh, I told him straight away, because I don't believe in this, so I'll tell him when it's when it needs to be told, sort of, I'll wait until it's... A lot of people think they, they'll tell them when it's necessary. I tell them straight away when I was on the dating scene. I would say, I just want you to know I'm trans. I'm not going to be offended if you... What dating site was it, can I ask? Um, I think it was on one called TV Chicks, which was for transvestites, transgendered, and especially for girls... Right. of trans persuasion. So he had a he had a profile on there. Yeah, he had an attraction to transgendered women. When did he know he had an attraction to transgender women? I've no idea. I've never asked him. No. I've no idea. No, he. um, It took him two weeks to actually speak to me, though. He was. He didn't think someone like me would speak to him because he thought he was too old and he wasn't. He thought he was ugly, and I was like, funny thing was I was saying. I took me two weeks to say hello to him because I thought he wouldn't want to go out with me because I was fat and I was ginger and yeah. not wrong with being ginger. No, there's nothing wrong with being ginger. Nothing no. um, wrong with being fat, really. No, hey, I'm fat. I was, ginger. I was paranoid and I thought, oh, he's not going to fancy me. So, but then it, we both said hello to each other and and we've proper, never looked back. Yeah, we've proper, proper fallen in love. Now, yeah, so you need to speak to me because I was fat and ginger. Chairs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's why no one spoke to me at school, because I was fat and ginger. ginger. Fat ginger, I had glasses and an inhaler. I I only needed a club foot and I had the full set. Hey, you're not saying that fat ginger people are disabled. (laughs) You can't say that. (laughs) So, um, and how long have you been with your partner? I've known him for about two years. Well, fiancé, because you're getting married, aren't you? Fiancé, yeah, we get married 27th of April. Uh, We knew each other online for two years before we actually met in person. Um, And then we met... And then we moved in together and we've been happy ever since. And his family all adore me. And I'm just, yeah. D- they all think I'm wonderful because they don't care about anything else other than the fact that I make him happy. And that I'm not just out there to use him for basically what he can give me. I actually genuinely do love him and that's what they can see. They see we're both very much in love and we're, we're very much made for each other. What does his ex-partner think? Not to like delve into it because I don't want to just to get a... She's left us alone, surprisingly, and I've, I've got to give her a juice. She hasn't caused us any trouble. She's left us alone. She's been no name calling and I've no idea what she thinks of me because if he does know what she thinks of me, he hasn't told me. And the children, do they get it's his children? One child, well, they're all sort of grown-up children now. The 29, 25 and 23, so they're all older children. Uh, the middle child is still speaking to us. Well, she's still speaking to her father. She's not speaking to me. She's never met me. Uh, and his other two are unfortunately not speaking to him. 
So, and is that due to the? Well, yeah, that's due to me, and yeah. due to the fact that he's left their mum. So, eventually, well, it's not they'll just due to then. you, is it? It's due to the whole yeah, situation. Yeah, it's due to the whole so situation. Really it's not entirely that. my fault. No. but I mean, we're hoping one day they will come round. I mean, I I did say to him at the very beginning of the relationship whether they're still speaking to you or not, whether they love me or hate me. They'll always be welcome here. They'll always have a warm bed and a hot meal. Yeah. We'll always try and bail them out if we can. I'll never stop them from speaking to you, whether they love me or hate me. They're still his children. And at the end of the day, if it came down to a choice, I would let him choose them because that's just how it goes. That's how you go. You choose your children over everything else. And, and has he lost any friends o like over it? Or no. Is he... no, if anything else, he's gained. He's gained friends... Um, his friends are wonderful, um, and he speaks to them a lot more now than he did. Yeah. Uh, before, so yeah. If anything, he's gained friends because he's gained all my friends as well. Um, oh yeah, and like you've watched, and obviously you've gained his friends as well. Yeah, and they all think I'm fabulous as well. It's it's quite nice to actually be in a couple where because me and my previous partner when I was still male and we were a gay couple, we didn't really have any friends. We didn't have couple friends. We didn't have single friends. We didn't really socialized to be fair yeah. we we just kept ourselves to ourselves and we didn't really go out because we weren't into that sort of we weren't into the gay scene we weren't into the straight scene we just was yeah we just was basically we just were at home or we went and took the dogs out or we went on holiday a lot we didn't really go out out into town or at clubs and pubs and things it just wasn't us but me and andy we do we go out for a drink we go out for meals we go out yeah. see people and do things and it's it's really nice people that listen to this and i'm going to say it it's meant in no disrespectful way but i'm sure you can sense what's going on. what about the sexual aspect of things how does that work because you've said before you don't get like erect it's amazing <laughs> it is amazing yeah um no it well and only say it that you say i'll leave you it to people's with. i'll leave it to people's imaginations there is a hole and it is used that is all i will say and leave it to people's imaginations our sex life is very fulfilled it is amazing he has no complaints i have no complaints and it's it's good we we, we do things that any normal couple would yeah. do um i uh, it's it's difficult to explain um men even though I'm technically not a man, physically I still am a man, but men can't, don't only climax just through touching the penis. Mm. There's, there's other ways for men to climax as well, like the, the, the stimulation of the prostate and things yeah. like that. I still climax in a fashion, but it's different yeah. to how, how a traditional, how, how it would happen traditionally, shall we say. So, his, would you class your partner as bisexual now, heterosexual, or... Oh no, he's still very much heterosexual. He's he's not. He he doesn't find. He wouldn't sleep. I know it sounds silly, but he won't. He he doesn't want to be with a man. Right. He, he doesn't want to sleep with a man. He doesn't find men but, attractive. But he's got an attraction to transgender people. Transgendered women. Yeah. Yeah. But has he got? An I mean, attraction... obviously, he's not attracted to those kind of blokes who just put on the wives' knickers and say they're transgendered and they're basically no. just a, a man in a beard with a pair of satin knickers on. That that's something completely different. I mean. You can't tell well, at the moment because obviously, like I said to you earlier, I don't want pitch taking because I haven't like put on a face and yeah. done my hair or anything. But when I do put on my makeup and do my hair and dress nicely, I do pass for for quite feminine. Mm. I do I do look quite feminine when I pass, and I try not to look 
stereotypically trans, if you know what I mean. I don't pile on the makeup and I don't put the fishnets on and walk down the street in a mini skirt and thigh eye leather boots. Because that's not my style. I'd, I'd rather blend in. I'd rather look like just any other woman on the street. So is he still attracted to biological yes, females yes, as he well? Still loves, he's, he's got this obsession with Jenny the Vixen Ryan on the chase. He's obsessed with her. And oh, that's uh, what she's ginger. Yeah, and Cassandra Peterson as well, the one who plays Elvira. He's, he loves her as well. He's the only one. She's the only one he's allowed to uh, leave me for, and I've got to oh, forgive him. I won't him. bother. She's, she's no. I've like met her. She's not very. Didn't she? No, we went to a horror con, and she. Um, I don't mind if she hears this anyway. Fuck her. But she, <laughs> but she, um, like, um, charged like twenty five quid for a signature, then another twenty five quid. For a picture taken with it's the a, same as the Star Trek cons. And William like, Shatner's so the someone's, same. like on someone's phone, and I thought that's fifty quid. I mean, you, I mean, you're using your own phone. You've already charged twenty five pound, but it's not the same because other people they like from horror cons and like comic cons. Sometimes have a free picture and yeah. just so I'll just give the sort of signature. You know, can I have a picture? Yeah, that's fine. So I think she was a bit steep, and then she said, "Oh well, if you're a member of the Alvira Club." Um, you get a bit of a discount. Well, it's like when you go to a Star Trek con, um, Jean-Luc Picard and um, Captain Kirk and all them are extortionately priced and you have to pay for the picture and again to have it signed. And it's it's sometimes 90 quid before you... I can understand if it's their Polaroid camera or if it's a picture that's printed on a printer, but if you're using your own phone... Yeah, you're not allowed to use your own, though. That's the thing. At the well, Star Trek cons, you've got to buy. Oh, so it's some, like their camera, it's all set up, you take yeah. a picture... Oh, excuse me. I'm no. Well, I'm, you have no option. They don't allow you yeah. to. Well, I'm talking about Vira yeah. wanted twenty five pound for a picture taken did, with someone's own own mobile phone. I did completely fangirl out because I met Kate Mulgrew, who plays Red the Russian in um, Orange Is the New Black. Right. She was Captain no. Janeway on Voyager. She, I proper fangirled out. I Never embarrassed myself. That. Really embarrassed myself. I cried and what? what Star Trek or um, Star Wars? Will be the question that or people both. are asking. Well, both. I'm bitrectual. Very good. <laughs> yeah. So, do you find women attractive, or is it just men now you find attractive still? I've only ever found. I mean, I mean, I can, I'm, I'm, I can look at a woman. And I think, mean, I know you said you was gay, so if people yeah. will say, "No, well, she, she's already said." Well, I'm, I'm he, technically classed as a straight woman now, but right. I mean, I have had. Last February, I had my one and only experience with a woman. I had a threesome with my best friend and my other best friend. There was me and there was me and a girl. Well, there was a, me as a trans girl. There was a biological girl and there was a bloke, and we had a threesome. And it was very nice. Not something I would personally go out and search for to do again. If it ever happened again, it would happen. And it's not something I would turn my nose up at. But it's not something I would openly, actively go and seek out. Hmm. Um. See, I was 33 and I had my first experience with a girl. Um, I can look at a woman and think, yeah, she's attractive. Yes, she has a beautiful body. Yes, she has fantastic looking breasts. And I can appreciate a female's body. And I can look at a woman and think she's beautiful. Um, but as for sexual attraction, no. It's it's not a sexual or a physical attraction to women I have. I, I can look at them and think they're pretty and beautiful, mm. but not sexually. It's no, always been men. men, men right? it's, so, it's yeah. always been men, and it's it's always it's a specific type of men that I like, and very much a very very specific type. So all these men out there who think I'm some raving nymphomaniac and I'm just out to attack them, no, there is a very specific set of guidelines that you have to fit into. Yeah, 
if someone said, and this is meant in no dis- disrespectful way whatsoever, but if someone said to you, you're not a real woman, what would your reaction be? And what would you say to them? Tell me what a real woman is. Well, they'd probably say someone who's born female and got the reproductive system to give birth. There are plenty of biological women out there who are born without a womb and without ovaries, so does that make them any less of a woman? You cannot ask a transgendered woman to justify their femininity or womanhood without asking all women yeah. to justify their femininity and womanhood, and that would just be fucked up. Be, be, be like, because sex and gender's different. Yeah, exactly. Like, so two separate things. Two separate things. There are biological women who are born without reproductive organs. I mean, I know you get... There are women who have hysterectomies, so what, as soon as they stop having periods and hit the menopause and stop or have a hysterectomy, does that mean they suddenly become a man? I like, I suppose someone would say, because when they were born, they've still got, like... I mean, I know you get to intersex and things like that, but um, they'd say, well, because that's ambiguous, but, but, like, that does lean more one-way female and more to one-way, like, like male. But, like... Yeah. This is, as I say, coming from a layman. But then what happens to a man who maybe has an accident, an industrial accident, which leaves him without a penis? Does that make him a woman? But, like, he was still born... Biologically, he was a man, yeah. Biologically, he was male. I mean, biologically, I am still male at the moment. So would you class yourself as female or male? And that's not me asking, that's because people people are listening to the podcast. If people ask me outright, I say I identify mentally as a female, but biologically my body is still male. Right. Um, My passport says I'm a female, my birth certificate says I'm a female, my driving licence says I'm female, everything, all my documentation, everything says I am female. I have the same rights as a woman, I have the same everything as a woman, the only thing is I have a biological body, body biological body of a man. Um, so until I have the surgery, I am biologically male. But then once I've had the surgery, I mean, to be fair though, I've been taking the hormones that long now, biologically, technically, if I was to be tested, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't identify as a man biologically. Yeah. Because they would, they would look at my blood sample and my blood sample would identify me as a woman. So biologically speaking, because I've been on hormones for so long now, I would identify biologically as a woman as well. Physically, my body is male. Mm. Biologically and mentally, I'm a woman. Just people would say you was born, and yeah, that's people. As like sort of as I said to you at the beginning, I'm coming from a layman. People would say you can debate, debate it till the cows come home. home. There will always be someone who will have an opinion. Opinions are like assholes. Everyone has got one. And everyone wants them to be heard and everyone wants... And I appreciate that and I listen to everyone's opinions and I, I do. I appreciate that and this is why I don't rub anything in anyone's face. I never yeah. rub my opinion in anyone's face. If you want to ask, like you've done and we've sat and we've talked about it for your podcast, I love talking about it and I love telling people about it and answering questions. But I'm not going to go out there and rub it in anyone's no. face. Same as religion, I don't rub that in anyone's face. I don't rub politics in anyone's face and I don't think anyone should. So, like I say, you can argue and argue and argue about biological sex, genetic sex, physical sex, gender, all them sorts of things. But to be fair, it's all a perception that we have invented as as a human race. So you'd class yourself as a real woman? Yes. Yeah. Okay. so we've like cleared that one up. As I say, we're coming from it from a like for a layman's point of view. And I'm pretty sure there are plenty of people out there who will argue I'm not a real woman. But there you go. 
that's life. Every, like everyone's entitled to their own opinion, as we exactly. stated. Which brings me I up. don't like red cars, but there you go. That's my opinion. <laughs> I've got a grey car, and it's playing up at the minute. <laughs> Fucking my battery needs changing my key, and then the service light came on. Yeah. And I'm like, I've already had, like, just spent 300 quid on a clutch. Oh, I got, don't need I got my I got my car clamped the other day, and believe me, I, I used some very unladylike language. Where, uh, it where was parked it out the frontier, it got clamped. Oh, no, it was my car. fault in the end, to be fair. I had accidentally forgotten to renew my direct debit for my tax. <laughs> All right. <fair laughs> so it was technically my fault, but yeah. I didn't need it at half past eight in the morning. <laughs> there you go. Um, going back to opinions, there was a case on Twitter within the last week. I don't know if you've heard about it. Oh, no, I don't have Twitter, Grimsby. so probably haven't. Right. So if you want to explain it to me. I will do. It was on the Grimsby Telegraph website. Mm-hmm. And it was by a guy who liked a tweet, and I think he retweeted a tweet, to do with a, tran- a, trans- a transgender limerick that wasn't so nice. Right. But he got the police phoned on him. That's not right. I, I've, I've said that wrong. The police phoned him up. So someone complained about this tweet that he liked and shared what was the limerick do you know um i have actually got the limerick i'll go on tell me because i love a good laugh i'm gonna have to get it on my phone but i will get it out while um i don't get it why do people do this it's like it's not hate speech for god's sake it's a limerick from probably years ago um it's like well this is what i want to ask you now where's the fucking pictures are there the thing is, people don't have a sense of humour anymore. People take things too literally nowadays. It's like... Um, uh, it's like when men are like, oh, get back in the kitchen, you silly woman. Everyone's like, oh, my God, it's sexist. And you can't say things like that. And it's like, oh, my God, it was a joke, for God's sake. Lighten up. Do If like someone said to you, you're not a real woman, you're a man, would you class that as like hate speech? No. No. Because some, because no. some would. I wouldn't class it as hate speech. Um, I'd just ignore it, for God's sake, and get on with your life. It's their opinion. They're entitled to that opinion. This is... If you're going to say hate speech about everything you hear, pretty soon no one's going to speak. We're going to be living in a very silent world because no one's going to speak because everything we say is going to be classed as hate speech. And okay. it's going to be a very sad world that we live in. I, 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 where is it? I mean, obviously, there are certain things that are hate speech, and out-and-out name-calling is one of them. It's... Well, yeah, because it's getting to the point where, like, the UK have like hasn't got free speech. No, we haven't. It was where America has, because they've got their... Um... Well, America hasn't even, e- really Well, America now. has, because they've got the First Amendment to sort of... Yeah, they've got the First Amendment, it. but when you see some of these videos on YouTube where people are... are saying things but then people say no we can't say that like for instance that woman that bakery who does that bakery who refused to make that cake for gay people and they said it infringed on their religious rights and it's like well why did they have to drag them through the course why couldn't they just found another bakery leave them to have their narrow little views if you yeah. want to call it that and just leave the bakery alone let them have their views let them have their religious views and go find another bakery why do you have to drag it through the course but like in the uk compared to the the like us if someone took the mick out of you being transgender still wouldn't care. that you wouldn't care but it's classed as a yeah a well criminal there's lots crime. of things that are classed as criminal crimes aren't there and it's just stupid nowadays so i found really the limerick. i'll go and tell the limerick then let's have a giggle right you're a man your breasts are made of silicon your vagina goes nowhere and we can tell the difference even when you are not there your hormones are synthetic and let's just cross this bridge what you have stupid man is male privilege 
Oh, pass it here. Let me just debunk a few of these. Right, so. Let's see. Your breasts are made of silicone, so are 90% of the women's nowadays. Your vagina goes nowhere, so does most women who have had a hysterectomy. Um, and we can tell the difference. Believe me, I have slept with plenty of men. I'm not proud of it, and I'm not a slag, but I know plenty of men who will disagree with that. Mm. They can't tell the difference. Well, this is a limerick, but... Yeah, I know, but you can't tell the difference, um, and you especially can't tell, once you've had the surgery, you can't tell the difference between a biological vagina and a transgender vagina. Mm -hmm. You can't. And I can even show you a picture of a friend of mine's, and if you can tell... As a nurse of 18 years' experience, I couldn't honestly tell the difference between that and a biological woman's vagina. Right. Um, your hormones are synthetic, so is every woman on menopause... Um, and what you have, and you stupid man is male privilege. Well, you don't. You have female privilege because you're now a woman. But that's, but that's yeah. It's, but that's, it does. It's not even real limerick because I mean limericks to me is like there was a young woman from Leeds who ate six packets of yeah. seeds in less than an hour of tits were in flower and a fanny of forest of weeds. That's a limerick. But that's and that's derogatory to women from Leeds. But that's the limerick that got the guy into trouble. To be fair, it doesn't even really make sense. But yeah, whatever. <laughs> but like yeah, but that's, it doesn't offend me. No. But like, but it doesn't affect me because was that um he so like someone complained and he got the yeah I wouldn't have even bothered complaining because a it doesn't make much sense as but, a limerick b but the thing it's is the debunkable. police but the police called him up and and he was an ex police officer anyway it's a waste of time and a waste of police time like this is what people are saying and and these but they said you weren't committed to a crime but we're checking we're on your thought you. process no the, the like sort of. Sort of wanted his thought process of like into it. Now you being transgender, you like sort of think that's completely stupid. You've got a different stance. Yeah, I think that's completely stupid to think of someone to to actually check on someone's thought process. It's ridiculous. So like the point I'm trying to get is, some people f found that offensive, and hate speech is where you don't find it hate speech or offensive. No, I don't find it hate speech so or offensive. No, because who it's just would words define what screen. hate speech and defensive is and offensive when it comes to things like that? Well, that's not directed at any one person, is it? That's just a generalised piece of speech on a website, not directed at any one person. To well, me, hate direct... speech has to be directed at a single... Well, that's, it's, it's, it's directed at the trans... Community, community as a whole. Yeah. Yeah, we're a big community, and we've got big girls in big knickers here. We can pull them up and suck it up, for God's sake. It's not exactly hate speech. It's a stupid limerick on Twitter. It's not hateful. It's not hurtful. It's... I mean, hateful and hurtful is actually going up to someone in it their face in public and humiliating them or being derogatory to but them. But it might not be hateful and hurtful to you, but to I other think people I'm just tough. Be. In I've I've learned to put up a barrier, yeah. and I can see things for what, in my opinion, I can see things for what they are. It's just some stupid words on an internet site that don't mean anything to me personally. So. Unless go. it's directed to me personally, I don't really care. But, like, if it was, you wouldn't go to the police? No, I wouldn't that, go to the no. police. No, I wouldn't go whining to the police. I'd find the guy and punch him in the throat, but that's, I wouldn't go whinging to the police. No, it's it's not something that warrants going to the police about. It's stupid. So, we've got that out of the way. I'm just, I'm just trying to find a picture of my friend's vagina for you. I don't so. want to see your friend's vagina, thank you. <laughs> I, I see enough shit. You've got to see me trans friends vagina. It's amazing. Um, have you got any hobbies? I knit, I sew, I quilt. Yeah. Um, I sew. That's what sew? I do. Me and uh, me and Carol today have made socks. 
so oh. hey they're pretty groovy socks yeah we uh you i cook i like to cook as well so i like to do lots of things really i'm i'm quite versatile do i like to travel been all over the world so you're like a massive star trek fan I wouldn't say massive. I mean, I was growing up. I was I was very much into Star Trek because I was I was one of these kids who was like, oh, for forty five minutes a week, my life is 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 heaven and bliss because I'm not I'm not living in the real world. I can take myself away into a fantasy world and and watch Star Trek and and then. What's your favorite Star Trek film? I haven't got a favorite film, but my favorite series was um, Voyager. Voyager. Captain Janeway, where they go to right. the Delta Quadrant. No. Deep Space Nine. Yeah, I like Deep Space Nine as well. Is Deep Space Nine the one where it was on like a floating city sort of thing? Yeah, there was on yeah. a space station outside the Bajoran Quark? Sector. Was Quark in Quark. Quark. Yeah, Quark, yeah. the, uh, the um, Ferengi bartender. Yeah. yeah, He's lovely in real life, actually. I, Armin Shimon. Like he's he's a lovely guy, yeah. He's, uh, he is fabulous. You're still trying to find the vagina? Yeah. I want to see it. I know, but you'd be surprised. It's amazing. I wouldn't. I well, know what one looks like. Not, not this one. This one, this one's amazing. It really is truly amazing. Anyway, I'll, I'll probably show you it after we finish recording. Anyway, yeah, it shows it while we're eating. Yeah, I'll show you it when we're eating. It's nice. chili con carne, so brilliant. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know it's chili con carne. Yeah, <laughs> I don't good. even like chili beans. <laughs> no, I don't. Oh, you can pick them out. I don't. I don't. I'm not sure. What's that look for? I like we've got Carol here as well, but she's too shy to go on the podcast until Saturday when you're you're gonna have to go on the podcast. Yeah, she's uh, she's quiet, bless her. She yeah. wasn't at school. No, well, actually, she was at school. To be fair, she was she was a bitch at school. I hated her. She was horrible to me. She's a bitch now. We hated each other at school. It. Believe it or not, me and Carol weren't friends at school. We absolutely hated each other. Don't look at me like that. Why did you hate each other? We did because, like, I was fat and ginger, and she was fat and well, buck toothed and frizzy, and she hung around with a load of bitches. <laughs> she was just horrible. She was a horrible girl at school. She really wasn't a friendly person, and I wasn't a friendly person. We just didn't get on at well, school. Well, that's fatness and ginger in you. Yeah, that's... fatness and ginger. Yeah, definitely. But we, no, we weren't compatible at school as friends. We were we were complete opposites, and like. Did... Yeah. We just didn't gel at school at all. We hated each other. But then it wasn't until about uh, 2012, I think it was, I was in London one day and I was with my friend and we were going to a Star Trek convention and I just heard this screaming from across the road at Piccadilly going, and it was Carol. And it was like, oh my God, of all the people to run into in, in London. And Why are you pointing to yourself? I know it's you who it said was, it. It was like, oh my God, it was like a fog on from across Piccadilly Circus. Yeah. And I could hear her screaming. And she come up and she ran up and up me. And we've been friends well. ever since again. And, and the funny thing is, we're better friends now than we've ever been. And yeah, so. Cat. Yeah. Oh, that's, it, she's a sociopath, that cat. She's horrible. Is she? Yeah, she's evil. I don't know what's wrong with my cats. I feed them, I buy them their food, I love them, I buy them toys, I buy them dreamies. Won't come near me. They'll go to Andy, but they won't come near me. She's eating your plant. Yeah, she's evil. I hope she dies. Can I have its bones? Yeah. Sweet. Oh, yeah, because I do bone out, not just because I'm a freak. Oh, no. no like... Of course you're not a freak. From Grimsby. Why would you be a freak? So, um... Th- 
do you know other people that are trans in then or transgender in like i've got two friends who are fully trans uh transitioned uh they live in uh halifax way um and i have and i knew of well we, we we did speak but we don't speak anymore friend in norway uh, she transitioned, but then we stopped speaking because we had a bit of a disagreement, and she blocked me, and we don't speak anymore. What about um, anyone in Grimsby or Cleethorpes? No, no one in Grimsby or Cleethorpes. Because there is a, it's there's there's a club. It's just, it's it's a bit of a wrong thing to say that there's a group that like meet every is it is it is it once a week? I've no idea. I, I'm to be quite honest, it's not something I would go to anyway, even if even if it was. Wouldn't would you not go to support others? And no. Like, no, is no, the reason behind I'm, that? I'm, I'm not really a peoply person, to be fair. I've just given up nursing after 18 years because I'm, to be quite honest, I'm not really a friendly person anymore and I'm not a peoply person. I'm very much, I'm very quite blunt and I'm quite straightforward and I say things as they are and a lot of people don't like that nowadays, apparently. So is Isn't like that when you met Carol again? Yeah, it must have been. Speak, yeah. That's that she brings it out in me. I know the feeling. Yeah, it does. funny you should it say does. that. Yeah. yeah. Now I just thought it'd be good because like, I would support someone if if I thought they desperately desperately needed it. But the thing is, people are so dramatic nowadays, and everything's such a hardship. And I've seen transgendered people and gay people, and they make such a dramatic thing about some things. And it. Do you it, think there's a reason why they're starting to do that more? Well. I don't know, because, like I say, I found it really simple to just go to my doctor, say, I'm transgender. He said, fine, I'll do some research, come back. He referred me, I got my hormones, I went to the clinic, bish, bash, bosh, all done, no dramas. And then everyone else is like, oh, they won't give me hormones, oh, they won't do this, oh, they won't do that, oh, they won't do the other, and I'm going to demand this, and I'm going to demand the other, and I'm like, well, there's your problem there. You're demanding for a start. Don't go to your doctors and start demanding things. You go and you have a pleasant chat and you talk to them and they're all right about things and they'll help you. If you start walking in and demanding something gets done about something, they're not going to help you, are they? Has anyone ever questioned you before to say about sort of, are you a man or a woman, just like in the street or in sort of of in general? No, I usually tell people though. I'm quite open about it. People... um, We'll be having, maybe, like, for instance, at work before, we'd, we'd be having a conversation and something will arise where I've said, well, no, I can't do that. And they've said why, and I've had to explain to them. I can't remember what it was when I was at work once, one of the women. Oh, I had, I was having a hot flush at work because my hormones were giving me a really bad And this is when flushes. you were still nursing? This was when I was still nursing, and I said to one of the girls, oh, God, I'm having a really bad hot flush. And I, I was fanning myself, and she went... Oh, you're a bit too young to be having hot flushes, and I went, not really, because I'm on HRT. And she says, "Oh, what you on HRT for?" She still thought, I was, and I told her, and she went, "Oh, and I'd never have guessed." She said, "I'd never have guessed you was biologically male." Did you have to tell any of the patients? No, unless they ask. No, I've always made it a point that unless someone asks me, I'm yeah. not going to tell them. Um, it's just a case of no, I don't need to tell anyone. I was employed as a woman, as a female, and I was employed in roles where, female-only roles where nurses had to, where patients had specifically requested female-only nurses. Right. I was employed as a female nurse. So, like, you didn't have to say to them, if, like, they wanted to say, I want a female nurse to do this, you didn't have to say, I am transgender, but I no. identify as a woman. No. No, because that would... Um, 
contradict the um, equal opportunities policies in place. Right. I have no. I, I, when I was talking earlier on, I have had one, one minor um, bit of discrimination against me, and that was with Hiker, the Humberside Independent Care Agency. Uh, they provide carers and nurses around this area, and they have several nursing homes. Mm-hmm. And I went for a job interview with them, and I got offered a job. And I said to them, oh, what's the uniform? Because she said, we'll provide the uniform. I says, oh, what's the uniform? She went, oh, it's like a shirt. And I says, oh, it's okay. I can wear a black skirt with it. And she said, oh, no, we can't wear skirts. It's all trousers. I said, well, I only wear skirts. I don't wear trousers. I don't even own a pair of trousers now. I refuse to wear trousers. And I don't even own a pair. Um, and she says, oh, I'll talk to the manager. And she came out and she went, no, the manager insists. It's got to be trousers. I went, well, I can't wear trousers. And I explained to her about my status of being trans and this that and the other and she was like well couldn't you just get a pair of men's trousers then and I was like no and you do realise you've just breached because you're a public company you've you've just breached your equality and diversities policy and you've just discriminated against me I'm like so I couldn't take the job so in the end. So what's the reason why you don't wear trousers, just in, in general? is there a... It's because, well, it's two reasons. One, I feel more comfortable and more feminine in skirts and dresses. And two, in my mind, I was forced to wear trousers for 30 years. I had no choice but to wear trousers because it was frowned upon for boys to wear skirts. Right. Um, boys don't wear skirts, so I had to wear trousers for 30 years. It was forced upon me and now I'm, I won't wear them. That's just how I work in my mind. Oh, yeah, that, no, that's... So, are you thinking of ever going back into nursing or...? No, I've given up nursing now. I've worked in nursing for nearly 18 years now, and to be quite honest, it's not what it's cracked up to. I wouldn't honestly recommend anyone going into nursing now because it's it's not nursing anymore. You're basically a secretary. You just sit and do notes, and occasionally you, you get up and take someone's blood pressure. It's It's not what it used to be. You're not proper nurses anymore. It's not worth it, and it's 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 not worth the money. I know you're not doing the job for the money, but yeah, the money's crap. The hours are crap. You shouted at, you spat at, you kicked, you punched. My back's no good now because of nursing. It's just not the job it used to be. Mm. I used to enjoy it when you could go in and and you had the time to be with your patients. You actually knew knew your patients' names. You haven't got time to know your patients now. It's, oh, um, that lady in bed six now, or that lady in bay four. You don't go mm. in now and say, oh, how's Mrs. Johnson, or how's Mr. Thomas, or you don't know them by name anymore because you don't have just time. A number. They're just a number. They're just a bed in a bay. And you don't have the time to be compassionate. Compassionate. Compassion doesn't exist in nursing. They say that you should be focused on person-centred care. You can't have person-centred care because all the paperwork and all the care plans and all the treatments are all generic. Mm. They're all generic, one size fits all. How can you be person-centred care when everything is designed to be as generic as possible and as basic as possible to be across the board as in what you get is exactly the same as what you get is exactly the same as what you get. Yeah. How can you be so person-centred if everything is identical? Which sounds like we could have an, another podcast on the, on oh, we and could. the NHS. We could. But like, looking to the future, what's um, like your aim My now? aim is to hopefully, hopefully get this bariatric surgery so that I can lose the weight, have the surgery, 
obviously I'm getting married in April, so I won't have had the surgery by then. Um, so still getting married regardless. Um, and Andy said, even if it never happens, even if the surgery never happens, I'm still beautiful. He still loves me and I'll always be a woman to him. He'll always see me as a woman and he'll always love me. And that's what matters at the end of the day with that. Exactly. So. And we're happy and we're not hurting anyone at the end of the day. What goes on behind our closed doors is no one's business. Apparently now it's everyone's business because I've just told you on a podcast. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I did have another question, but I completely forgot. That's Again, okay. I, I just don't That's make okay. notes. You take your time, love. We've got plenty no. of time. But I'm po- hoping you do a bit of editing on this because there's a lot of stuttering and erming and ahring and there's no editing. Oh god, and I burped in it as well at the beginning. Well, That's horrendous. Yeah, I know. How rude this of me. A, there's no editing in the podcast. Go on and watch the last question. I can't. I, I can't. A, I, well, I can't. I just can't remember the question. You're gonna have to ask it. I can't remember it. I try and remember. I'm trying to jog your memory. Right, so what we were talking about. Is it to do with me being trans? Is it to do with me being... Ah, that's it. So it's all paid for on the NHS? Yes, everything's paid for on the NHS. So if someone... Your hormones wouldn't be... My hormones wouldn't be paid for, but I get free prescriptions because I have certain medications which come under the free medications so how much would your hormones be if well it'd cost the same as an ordinary prescription eight pounds 20 or whatever it is per but, item but, but i'm because... talking about the i'm talking about the operation the operation um i think when i last checked i can't remember now i know that we get eight sessions we get eight sessions of laser hair removal for our faces mm-hmm. and that costs around two thousand pounds um what about the top and bottom surgery is well you don't get top it? surgery unless you don't i'm getting top surgery but that's because i had surgery when i was a child to remove um some breast tissue growth right in my chest um and they remove the glands which create breast tissue growth so because i went on hormones and i didn't grow any breasts i get breast implants on the nhs but would but ordinarily you wouldn't get breast implants because you would grow breasts on the hormones. On the hormones, okay. Yeah. And what about the bottom surgery? The bottom surgery is extremely expensive. It's more expensive than anywhere in the world, actually. Um, but does that I'm come on just, the NHS? Or it does, to... and I'm just looking for the price of the bottom surgery. And is it the same price for a woman to be a guy and a guy to be a woman, or does it differ? I don't know. Um, it is... Because if a girl wants to transcend to a man... See, as, uh, I don't know a lot about that. Well, I know about the procedure. I know... I know how they do the surgeries and I know how that's all produced and everything. I, I don't know all the other ins and outs. Um, I don't know about, sort of, the hormones. Um, but I know something... It's it's quite strange because when a, a woman wants to become a man, they go on the hormones. They look amazing. They look like a man. They grow beards. They grow chest hair. They grow body hair, and and they change and look like men. But, but they never have a fully working penis. But right. But with them, they've got to go for top surgery and bottom surgery. But with you, it, because your hormones give you the breasts yeah it's just the bottom surgery surgery. but to be fair the bottom surgery is a lot more invasive with uh male to female than it is um male 
to female to male because uh, yeah. the female to male uh, when they take the hormones their clitoris gets bigger and it becomes what's known as pseudo penis it's it's like a, a small penis yeah. uh, if they want to they take a skin graft from the arm and create a tube a phallic tube and they put um like a pump inside so it can become hard um that's how they do the the phallic the phallic surgery for uh, female to male um with the male to female um there's two options they can either use your penis skin and your scrotal skin to create a vagina which is if you've got quite a lot of skin down there they can do it which i haven't because everything's shrunk everything's disappeared mm -hmm. um so what they can do is they can take out part of your colon your bowel and they can use that to create a vagina so it cleans itself it lubricates itself it basically works exactly like a biological woman's uh, and they Does create it a clitoris when it gets turned on. Yeah, when and it creates on. a clitoris. You've got they have a little clitoris right. as well, and that you can orgasm like a real woman as well. Uh, just so you know, the cost of gender reassignment on the NHS for anyone is nineteen thousand two hundred and thirty-six pound. Right, and that was as of this year, I think. Because I was under the impression that if a man wanted to go to a woman, the vagina won't get put it crudely wet. It doesn't, it doesn't, it, it, if they have the penile inversion, where they use the skin of the penis and the scrotum and invert it to create a vaginal canal, depending on how well your cowper's gland works, depending on how much pre-cum you produce mm. and how well your uh, urethra lubricates itself, depends on how well you get wet, basically. Right. Um, nine times out of ten, that route doesn't really work that well and you do have to use a lot of lube um but the colon graft surgery which is the one i'm having have it works identical to a woman's it lubricates it cleans and it would, would the feeling be exactly the same exactly the same because to be fair the bowel lining the skin of the bowel and the lining of the bowel is identical to the inside of the vagina there we go it's a slightly it. different color it's pinker yeah. it's a lot brighter red so what they do is they set it back a bit further and use some of your scrotal skin to create a vestibule so that you can't see it from looking outside externally. Oh, right. There so, yeah, the, the lining of your bowel is the exact same skin and tissue as the inside of your vagina. There you go. Yeah. Anatomy well, 101. Anatomy 101. Yeah. Well, you get... Well, uh, we'll call it a day because it's... Uh, yeah, and we'll day, we're all getting hungry now Because well. it's an hour. Uh, thanks for coming on. No problem. Any time. I'd love to do it again. And doing that, yes. We'll definitely have you on again. Yes. And cheers for that. No and problem. We'll see you again soon. Yes. Bye. See you Bye. later. Bye. The Tea Biscuit Podcast.